Are you looking for an inspiring listen? Something to motivate you? You've come to the right place. I'm Dan Johnson, your host. Welcome to Women of the Northwest, where we have conversations with ordinary women leading extraordinary lives. Women telling their stories and sharing their passions. Motivating, inspiring, compelling. Julie, welcome to Women in the Northwest. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, nice to have you here. You be taught overseas. Why don't you tell me about that? Where was the first place you went and how did you decide to get there? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the first place I went was Italy. And I was teaching in California and the dot-com was booming and things were starting to cost a lot more money. And teachers, firefighters, policemen, a lot of people couldn't really afford to live in the city. The people that everybody needs. Yeah. <laughs> so they were all, yeah, leaving and living outside of the city and community in. And it was just really expensive. And we had friends who were teaching overseas in South America and hmm. loving it. And we thought, why don't we give this a try? And yeah. we were interviewed for a few different places, and we ended up taking a job in Genoa, Italy, oh. for two years. After that, taxes start kicking in, and it's you get paid just barely enough to survive in Italy. So, oh, but for two years, you're tax free as an American in uh -huh. Italy, and yeah, we just learned. Italian culture and met a lot of fun people and families. And what kind of school was it that you taught in? It was a, called the American International School. Mm -hmm. um, and it was mostly Italians, actually. There, it was started by the American and British consulate mm. in, the, in Genoa, but um, by the time we were there, it was mostly Italians who could afford private yeah private school so how big was the school <sighs> jeez i think there was probably maybe 80 kids oh okay so nice small 10 yeah it wasn't even really a school it was more of a mansion <laughs> <laughs> really that was split up into classrooms In mm -hmm. huh. interesting yeah. yeah and so but you taught in english mm -hmm. yeah so from there, where did you go? After Italy, we went to Taiwan. We were in Kaohsiung, which is the opposite south side of Taiwan. Um, bigger school, um, mostly Taiwanese students. Oh, really? Yeah. Speaking English again yeah. or no? Or you mm -hmm. had to uh, brush up on your Taiwanese? <laughs> no, I taught fourth grade. Again, it was like there were consulate children there from and different NGOs but for the most part it was Taiwanese what kind of cultural things did you have to learn about um in Taiwan in Asia there's there are definitely things that I don't know you just kind of learn through it, making the mistake <laughs> <laughs> so um like one thing that I remember from Taiwan was patting like a student on the, on the head, head. Yeah. and it was that's really oh. really bad because you're 
um, that's like what you would do with a animal, oh, like a pet. Oh. So it's and, and also like kids. writing kids' names in red is something you should never do. A lot of huh. things that you just did, and then yeah, you, you just, and then people would bring it up to you and say that's not how. When I taught on the Navajo Reservation, <laughs> and I was fresh out of college, I was young, but, and the kids are first graders running around wild and something, and I I started to say, you guys are just acting like a bunch of wild Indian, <laughs> in, mm, like, kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, okay, not... No. And that was before things were um, culturally appropriate mm-hmm. or not. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah, by making mistakes that you really learn, right? Yeah. And yeah. hopefully they're fairly <laughs> forgiven, forgiven and, and not yeah. something that's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. harming anybody permanently or <laughs> right. whatever. Yeah. So you were in Taiwan for a while. What, what a couple were you, years. What were you teaching there? I taught Fourth, no, fifth grade in Taiwan. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite grade? Fifth. Fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you like that? I like the age. Yeah. I think they're like uh, 11 year olds mm-hmm. to 12 year olds. They're just very independent and kind of already really have unique personalities mm-hmm. and know what they really like or are in interested in and they're more capable to do yeah yeah independent and so you can really work to on their strengths that they already have to drive you know different drive them in different ways and provide them with like different resources yeah you know they can take and go on their own yeah so i think they're starting to think about outside of themselves a little bit too Mm -hmm. you know like uh, what can we do to help our environment or, you know, just right. things in the world that they see that aren't fair or whatever. Maybe they can, you know, mm-hmm. they start thinking that way a little bit too. Yeah. yeah. And then? And then after Taiwan, we went to Jamaica. Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was different. Yeah. So we were there for two years before we had our oldest daughter and then two years after she was born. What was that one like? It was really fun. We you learned a, a little different dialect. Maybe. Well, <laughs> we could understand a lot of the patois that people use, but speaking it, they would just laugh at us. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, we could understand a lot of patois. But um, it was a really great place to be pregnant and to have young children, actually. Yeah. They're very children-oriented culture and and when I was pregnant I mean there was people there were always people I think I had a flat tire one time by myself very pregnant (laughs) the side of the road and I must have had three or four different people stop and come over and make sure everything is okay and yeah, yeah they're just a very loving culture and there's a lot of fights within gangs and stuff in Kingston where we lived but um as a as a foreigner you're pretty much removed from it um, but you read about it and hear about it on the radio but yeah so you felt safe yeah yeah i know when you've gone to the different schools is it 
the curriculum pretty much the same, or are there specific things to um, the specific areas? So a lot of the schools that we were in, not all of them, but a lot of them have the International Baccalaureate Program. Okay. And in elementary school, it's called the Primary, primary Years Program. So there are is a lot of similarities in just the way that units are structured mm -hmm. and how they're designed and how they're reassessed and reworked. Yeah. And there was a lot of commonality there. Do you have to do benchmarks like here and different mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the report cards were always, we were pulling from different standards and mm -hmm. benchmarks to meet different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. And what, in the general populations of the kids that you have in there, um, do you have many that are handicapped or special learners? Or A lot of the schools we were in didn't have services mm -hmm. for special needs. And so a lot of them wouldn't really accept students with special needs because they couldn't accommodate. Couldn't them. accommodate mm -hmm. Yeah. But... Um, there, I definitely had different kids with special needs over the years, just coming in through these schools. And yeah, just like I had a student one time in Indonesia whose parents had decided that he really needed to be on Ritalin, and and that if he, because of his just lack of attention, mm -hmm. being able to pay attention, he they saw it at home. And I don't know, I just was not a professional when it comes to making, you know, those yeah, kinds of yeah. giving advice on stuff. Mm -hmm. But I just said, from my perspective in the classroom, I don't feel the need for him to be taking medication. You know, it's not, he's not disruptive to the point where it's taking yeah, away from other second, kids yeah. or it's taking away from himself. Like he seems to be learning just, you know, just fine. So I don't there's and did you see any difference in the different cultures to the level of respect that kids had for you as a teacher yeah i mean the difference between italy and and taiwan was huge i remember that was a big change um not that italians didn't respect teachers but um the Taiwanese and the, the family, the parents and everybody have the, just this real respect, I guess, for mm -hmm. education and educators and and they ingrain it into the children to like really appreciate what mm -hmm. they have. And also it was also the class probably of um the population in Taiwan was definitely like we had a lot of kids that had parents who were dentists or doctors. Oh, yeah. And in Italy, it was more parents who had families who had had money for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of like the way that their families have always like just had old money. And some families were new but to money. But yeah, it was um, definitely more of a working class families in Taiwan who wanted their kids to get the best right. education yeah. they could. Yeah. When we taught on the reservation, my husband taught sixth grade. And then when we moved here and he went into a regular public school here and it was just, 
these kids are so disrespectful. And mm-hmm. I was like trying to, you know, here, <laughs> here yeah. on the reservation, they were just so, you know, just nice, easygoing, fun kids, yeah. but they weren't, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would hate to be teaching now. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's not fun, as fun. Yeah. You know, now there's just so much, it's a lot harder mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways. So. A lot of challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So you were in Jamaica. Let's see, we're hopping mm-hmm. across the map. So right. then. Then we went to Mauritania. So where is that? I don't even know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't. Yeah. So. Um, it is in between Senegal and Morocco. Okay. On the West Coast. And All right. In the Sahara Desert, the capital city is Nouakchott. And uh, it's very Arab, Muslim. They're very proud. Our My youngest daughter was born there, and my oldest has dual citizenship, Jamaica, oh. American. My youngest was born in Mauritania, and they... We're not going to. They weren't going to go for that, huh? <laughs> give any kind of citizenship to anybody that wasn't Muslim. And, oh, oh. It was yeah. probably just as well. Yeah. They're very <laughs> proud of their 100% huh. Muslim population. Oh, but. interesting. So when you st- are switching around, um, first of all, what causes you to change? And then secondly, what? Um, how are you deciding where your next spot is? Mm-hmm. Um. I guess it was basically, well, for Italy, we couldn't stay because of monetary reasons. And at that point, we were so young. We wanted, we would go anywhere. Yeah. We applied and um, you go to these international school job fairs. Um, They have them in San Francisco and then out on the East Coast. And you just, it's basically like a four-day weekend of, just this real roller coaster ride of emotions because you're applying to these different places all over yeah, the world and, yeah. and then some people will call you back for a second interview and then other people they where you really wanted to go might not call and then yeah. you get these notes in your files and it's just this <laughs> it's really hard and then um we just ended up getting a job where it, it's hard too as a couple because the school needs to have both positions available right, for you. Right, right. Uh-huh. Um, and so, but it's also beneficial as a couple because you have one house, two teachers. Right, right. So they're saving money. Yeah. Yeah. So uh-huh. the school's like hiring couples, but you just have to get the right match. Um, we just, yeah, ended up in Taiwan. Jamaica was another. We went to a job fair and really liked the head of school that we met um, and became, we're still, he's actually from Oregon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he grew up near Salem. So he, um, we just really clicked with him. And, mm-hmm. and um, so we ended up in Jamaica. Then Matthew started getting into administration. And okay. He started doing some of his, he started doing some principalship in, in Jamaica, but we wanted to really get him into head of school positions. Mm-hmm. So when Mauritania, we had a, a head of school that we worked with in Taiwan, was leaving her position in Mauritania. Yeah, yeah. So he had his foot in the door and it would be his first chance at administration. Uh-huh. So that's how we ended up in West Africa. Yeah. 
And then Indonesia was, well, I mean, basically after West Africa, the contracts are generally three years. Okay. And sometimes we would stay a little longer, but um, we just went, I wanted, I wanted out of West <laughs> Africa. It was yeah. hard. It was, I mean, see, thankfully our, our oldest at the time was just, she just loved it. I mean, she would have loved anywhere, I guess, if yeah. she was with mom and dad, you yeah, know? Yeah. But she would always just, be so excited to be going home and was always so happy. And yeah. so she really carried us through, <laughs> carried me through. What was difficult there? Um, the poverty was really hard. Oh. Like every day, you just, I mean, all the time, it's really in your face. There's a lot of poverty, like, and not a lot of people even really, I mean, a lot of people living in tents and, the desert and they'll have a tv <laughs> but yeah yeah isn't that interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know we, we notice that when we go to south america and central america yeah, yeah. you know they've got these little tiny <laughs> houses that yeah. are with a tin roof and something you know but there's a tv <laughs> there's a tv right <laughs> yeah yeah so i think that really the poverty was really hard mm-hmm. and then indonesia was just kind of like the next step for Matthew for his position I see. and um, getting into bigger schools. We wanted to get into bigger schools for our kids too, just to have yeah, more, a little bit more available. And, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sports and more social yeah. program things. So. Yeah. So you left Indonesia <laughs> and he came here to <laughs> Astoria. <laughs> And decide, oh, let's make a business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was reluctant. I was the last one on board, actually, with the business. It was scary to me. I was just like, I don't have any idea what this entails. Yeah. But my sister-in-law had always really wanted to do something with mm-hmm. cooking, running a restaurant or a deli or and so, she, so one day you're brainstorming things, and mm-hmm. here we go. <laughs> they're like, well, we can't, we can't seem to get because during COVID, all of the school districts were really just moving, you know, PE teachers and yeah. to jobs and, and stuff. So they didn't, so they didn't really hire hiring, yeah. and then we just couldn't find work. So this was a way for us to. <laughs> well, you couldn't even really sub. You know, yeah, I mean, you could during little, COVID, but it was but, yeah, yeah, it was not. It was a different beast. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we just decided to go with it because we were spending a lot of time actually driving out to Portland and getting stuff at these Italian markets in Portland for cooking. And thought, why are we going all the way out here? There should be something on the coast. Where and people- other people are thinking, well, it sure would be nice to have a nice deli here mm-hmm. in Astoria, right? <laughs> yeah. It, we ended up just starting to bring samples of, we were, we had this bingo group that would meet outside in our neighborhood during oh, COVID. Okay. Yeah. Like, and they, like once, we were probably doing it maybe every couple of weeks or something. And She'd set up like chalk marks on the sidewalk yeah. how far everybody yeah. had to sit from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd play bingo every afternoon. The kids loved it. It was a chance to get outside and yeah, not right. Right. be too close to people. Yeah, but, but still have a little socialization. Yeah. yeah. So we started bringing samples of 
pasta and sausages to oh, our bingo oh. group. So it was a trial. It was a, a soft opening. It was. <laughs> and it was actually we had Google Forms and everything where they could just scan this code and go into this form and give us anonymous feedback on okay. the food and okay. what That's things they liked and what they didn't, what they'd change. And yeah. Yeah. So that was fun doing neighbor market research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so your sister-in-law, Dan, and your husband, you started it, and you've gotten even awards for Gatanos, and uh, yeah, so I think you started something good. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I I haven't tasted anything I didn't like there. Right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we had no idea how we, you know, our projections when we first put our business plan together, we thought we'd be making 10 sandwiches a day. (laughs) Well. Yeah. And instead, it's... It's usually between 80 and 100. Oh, my. Yeah. And then you're catering besides. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's where Top Prig is. Well, so now you're going back to Indonesia. So when you're there, how's the housing workout or, you know, any of that? When they always have a house for the director. Okay. Uh, so And they pay for that too? Or you, yeah. You have to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so they'll have a house. Um, we've actually had tours on video of the house and stuff, and the kids have all been watching the videos and getting excited about yeah. it. My oldest That's is, my room. That's going to be Yeah, amazing. exactly. <laughs> my oldest has already said she does not want the room that has a, some, like, Beyonce or I don't even know, some <laughs> artist picture is like engraved in the oh. wall and oh. like, <laughs> so i don't know it you always covered up with something else <laughs> yeah <laughs> it might be my youngest daughter's bathroom for a little while or yeah we'll figure out something yeah. put a towel rack right yeah. there yeah. But that could be scary too i don't know <laughs> um so yeah the housing is um all covered and then we'll have a driver and a car and all that is covered and gas and oh really yeah. A house cleaner? And a house cleaner. <laughs> who we will pay <laughs> from our, that school doesn't cover that. That's about it, though. That's, yeah. And our groceries, that's what the school doesn't cover. But otherwise, they will cover uh, utilities. and Wow. So everything. you can save some money. Yeah. That sounds like a slick deal. Yeah. A small classrooms and a <laughs> fun experience someplace else and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be there for how long do you think you'll be there? Our plan is three years. Three years, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, My oldest will be graduating from high school in three years. Okay. So Yeah. Get her. The program there is a really good one. It's an international baccalaureate program, diploma program. So. Mm It'll, it's going to be a good challenge for her yeah. academically. What she's really going to miss here is the sports. And oh. They have soccer, and they're mm-hmm. really into badminton, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's no track, and she'll really oh. miss She'll have to start her own that. thing, huh? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she could do that. What yeah. does she want to major in when she goes to college? I don't know. She's talked Do you have any to, ideas? No. She talked about architecture for a long time. But I think it might be kind of changing. And that's fine, I told her. Well, and half of everybody that the first year of college are changing their minds and Mm -hmm. going, "Eh, I don't think so, maybe not that. (laughs) I thought I wanted to be an accountant until I took accounting. And then I said, no, I don't want to do this. This does not make my heart sing. (laughs) (laughs) I 
was like, I'm going to sit behind a desk and do this all the time for mm-hmm. how many years? I'd rather yell at kids all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do really like working with kids. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've really missed it. I mean, the deli has been great, and I have really enjoyed meeting people and getting yeah. to know the community. Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun, but um, I do really miss working with kids. Uh, my favorite of everything was kindergarten. Yeah. I loved, and I did actually preschool all the way through high school. Okay. You know, in some format. Yeah. You know, whatever. So um, they're just always excited about learning something, mm-hmm. you know, and. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you can do the smallest thing and they're thinking, and you get to sing songs and, right. you know, do, yeah. <laughs> that's fun. When I taught sixth grade, I had my kids uh, playing marimbas, taught them how oh, to play nice. marimbas. So that was kind of fun, you know, mm-hmm. having a little music band kind of outside of the, yeah. the box and, you know, but <laughs> nice. yeah, so many things you could do, but. Well, thank you for joining us. This is fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I'm pretty excited because I just launched Windows of My Heart, book two of the Mercy series. It's available in print and ebook. The audio should be available soon as well. If you live locally, I have some books available. And if not, head on over to Amazon. The link is in the show notes. If you enjoyed this or other episodes, be sure to tell a friend. That's all for now. I look forward to joining you in your car, your home, or on a walk. See you next time. Mm-hmm.